Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalms 103. The Lord's instructed me a little differently this year, and uh, not something I've done a lot. But he has spoke to my heart to take this whole month of March and teach on healing. And uh, many of you know that Vicki, my wife, Pastor Vicki, she predominantly speaks on Thursday nights. And she feels along the same way, that she's going to be speaking on healing also on Thursday night. I believe it's important, especially in the day and hour that we're in today, that we understand that God wants us healed. He wants us whole. So if you have your Bibles, open with me to Psalms 103. And here in Psalms 103, it begins with, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit, who forgives you of all your iniquities, who heals you of all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, and who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy and who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. A few years ago, over 20 years now, I was praying, and I like to pray this scripture, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And uh, I got into a pattern where I was just trying to figure out, how can I bless God? God, I want to bless you. I love God. And uh, I want to honor God in all that I do. And uh, I was just like, you know, I want to bless you, God. How do I bless you? You know, and trying to bless God is almost like trying to buy your father a Father's Day gift when he's ha- he has everything, you know. And, um, you know, I remember that, you know, my dad at a, a certain age, what do you want, dad? Oh, I don't really need anything. But he did want something. He wanted me to be around, even as an adult. And so, you know, I think about our heavenly father. He doesn't need anything but he likes our presence. And I don't know about you, but I like his presence. Isn't that wonderful? Didn't we have a wonderful presence of God during worship today? Amen. And so I like the presence of God, and God likes my presence. But as I continue to pray and say, Lord, I'm going to hang on to this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to find out what really blesses you. Finally, one day, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, and what does the rest of the scripture say. I said, well, don't forget all my benefits. He said, you know, that's what blesses me is that you partake of what I've provided for you. That's what blesses God. God's done all this for us because he loves us. And then when we partake of what he's done for us, that's what really blesses him. And it blesses us too. And so he went on to say, and forget not all all of his benefits. You know, the scripture tells us in Psalm 68 that God blesses us daily with his benefits, daily. And I really believe that there are things that God does for us that sometimes we, I don't want to say take for granted, but we walk in as our inheritance, the promises of our inheritance being connected with God. Our children they have an understanding that there are certain things that they can have when they're in our home without asking. And it's because they are our children. And so, you know, I don't think that they're taking me for granted whenever they come in. 
and go to the refrigerator and get the drinks that, you know, Mimi got for them and the Big Pop got for them. You know, we got it for them. And they don't ask, but it's not taking for granted. But yet, they are experiencing our benefits on a daily basis when they come up and spend time with us. And so it's not taking God for granted when we take hold of his benefits. In fact, I believe we experience so many of his benefits that we forget to even acknowledge the fact that, you know, look what God's done for us. The truth is the very air that you breathe comes from God. I believe that with my whole heart. Isn't it amazing that our air is made of 21% oxygen and, and uh, 78% of nitrogen and 1% of we don't know what? And, uh, you know, but yet if it was just off a little bit, you know, we couldn't survive in this atmosphere. So what keeps our air the way it is? Well, I believe it's because the Spirit of the Lord is still hovering over this world, keeping everything intact. And every breath that I, believe, I breathe, I believe, comes from God. So let's look at this and let's begin to examine this a little better. Because a lot of times people feel like healing is something that you have to earn. Well, salvation isn't something you had to earn. It's a free gift. And actually, when it says working out your salvation with fear and trembling, that word salvation means to work out all the benefits or begin to learn how to receive all the benefits that God has for you. And that word salvation means peace and also healing. And so healing is part of the package. It's like the man who went on a cruise, and uh, at the end of the cruise, the captain was saying goodbye to everybody. He said, sir, I don't recall seeing you in the dining hall. He said, oh, I didn't go to the dining hall. He said, because the cruise was so expensive, I brought my own peanut butter and cracker, and he said, I ate that. He didn't realize that part of the cruise was going to the dining hall and being part of the all-you-can-eat buffets that they provide on these cruises. And yes, someday, Vicki and I are going to go on a cruise, even though she doesn't want to go into the ocean because she's made a deal with the sharks. I'll stay on the land and you stay in the water. But someday we're going to do this. That's my confession. But nevertheless, you know, the point here is that, you know, this guy missed out on all the benefits because he wasn't aware of it. And one of the benefits of salvation is God wants you healed. And if salvation's free, healing is provided for you free of charge, okay? It doesn't cost you anything. You don't have to be good enough to receive your healing from God. Yes, there are certain things that we can do that leave a door open for sickness. And again, I'm not here to bring any type of condemning message, but if you're smoking, you might be opening a door for sickness to come into your life. If you're drinking too much alcohol, you're probably leaving a door open uh, that might destroy your life. If you're doing drugs, illicit drugs, or even addicted to prescription drugs, you might be doing something that could destroy your life. So yes, there are some choices that we can make that can be destructive. Uh, but that still doesn't stop the fact that God wants you healed and delivered. And this is what it's saying, forget not all his benefits. So the very first thing he does to prepare us to receive his healing is to say this, and then he forgives you of all your iniquities, all your sins, all your trespasses. Now, what's the difference between sin, trespass, and iniquity? Sin basically is missing the mark, okay? So you take a test, and you didn't make 100, you made a 98. 98 is not bad. I'll take a 98 any day, Amen. 
or in some situations, I'll just take a passing grade, you know, so, uh, so I can move on. But nevertheless, you know, you didn't do, you weren't perfect, and that's where sin is. That's why the Bible says we've all sinned. There's nobody perfect. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. But a trespass or transgression is what the Bible calls it. It actually parallels with the word trespass. So if you are, you know, in a certain place and you see a sign that says, please don't walk on the grass, you know better. You're on the sidewalk and you know better. You know you're not supposed to walk on the grass, but you do it anyway. You know better. That's what a transgression is. A transgression is where you do something and you know better. You know it's wrong, but you go ahead and you do it anyway, hoping that maybe you won't get struck by lightning. There's some people who are like, well, I hope God, you know, kind of overlooks this. But the problem with that is that if you uh, begin to uh, live in that transgression, eventually it becomes a part of you. And that's what iniquity is. You know, again, you know, if you're taking drugs and you know drugs are wrong to take, well, if you keep on taking those drugs, you'll probably become addicted to them. That's what an iniquity is. That's where it becomes a part of you. The sin, the transgression, or the trespass, it becomes a part of you. Now you really need deliverance. And so what the Scripture is saying here is that I'm going to forgive you, but forgive you is more than forgive you. I'm going to cleanse you of whatever caused this iniquity in the first place. And so now what God's trying to do, he's trying to set you up so that you can receive what he said next, and that is who heals you of all your diseases. Now, when I look at that, I see two things, two words in there that really kind of jump out at me, heals with an S and diseases with an S. Okay, so let me just say this, you do not need to feel condemned if you're dealing with sickness or you're trying to overcome some type of disease, okay? You may have gotten over a disease. You may have gotten healed of something, you know, but that doesn't mean that you're not in good standing with God if you have to overcome some other type of illness in your life. You know, there was a day that I was praying and I was, I was just declaring and making some profession of faith and I was declaring I'll never be broke another day in my life, something we heard from someone who was teaching on prosperity. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying that. I'll never be broke another day in my life. And then all of a sudden out of my spirit, I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. And I, when I did that, literally, I felt like there was some type of vertigo that hit me. I mean, my head spin, my, uh, my knees got weak, and I thought, what the heck is that? And I knew it was a spirit of darkness trying to invade me at that particular time. And I heard this voice saying, who do you think you are saying you will never be sick another day in your life? Well, if you know my personality, I just don't back down. And so when I heard that, I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. I felt that same resistance again. And I recognized that I was battling some demons of darkness at that time. And I, I said it again, I'll never be sick another day in my life. And I heard this voice say, and what are you going to tell the people the next time you get a cold? I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. And so I've been confessing that over myself. Now, from that point until this point, have I had to deal with sickness in my body? Yes. Have I had to deal with the flu? Yes. Have I had to deal with upper respiratory infection? Yes. And I'm not condemned by it unless my wife gets it. 
she says, I don't have to share everything with her. But nevertheless, you know, we don't have to be condemned by the fact that, you know, though there are things in the world, you know, that bring sickness into our body, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm missing God or got out of the will of God or I'm not walking up right with God. Can I hear an amen in this Pentecostal church? But anyway, you know, and so he went on to say he heals, okay, that means more than once, of all the diseases, that means there's probably more than one disease out there, and you're not a bad person if you've experienced sickness or disease in your life one way or another, or you're overcoming a sickness or disease in your life. Verse 4, who redeems you, uh, your life from destruction, redeems, that means he purchased this. So not only does he want you to know that he heals you of all diseases, there's not a disease out there, there's not a disease that, that may come in the future that God hasn't already provided healing for you. He already has the spiritual antidote. Isn't that wonderful? He already has the spiritual antidote. He already has the healing for you. In fact, it's God's will that you never get sick. You say, how do you know that? Because Psalms 91 said, though a thousand fall to my side and 10,000 to my right hand, none of these things shall come upon me. In fact, Psalms 91 says, he'll keep me from the plague. Praise God. But if it happens, it happens, okay? And you don't need to be condemned if, uh, you, if you need healing in your body. So he goes on and says, I redeemed your life. Well, does sickness destroy your life? Absolutely. Does disease, is disease destruction? Absolutely it is. And so he wants to go on and say, I even purchase the disease so that you don't have to. I already paid the price so that you can be healed. And this is where Isaiah 53, 5 comes in. And 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, by his stripes, you are healed. And 1 Peter 2.24 says, by his stripes or with his stripes, you were healed. Amen. And so Jesus bore upon himself not only the penalty of our sin, but he also took upon him uh, 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 the, uh, all diseases that was ever and ever will be in mankind. He took upon himself. He purchased for you the right to be healthy. Tell your neighbor, God purchased for me the right to be healthy. God purchased for you the right to be healthy. He purchased healing for you so that you can overcome sickness or you, so that you'll never be sick another day in your life. So what's one of the challenges that we have? Again, from receiving God. And that greatest challenge is not feeling like we're qualified, but he qualified you to receive your healing, and went on to say this, and he crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Other words, he has taken off of you the crown of guilt and condemnation and put upon you the crown of loving kindness and tender mercy. You might say, well, I don't deserve this. None of us deserve it, but God, through his loving kindness and tender mercy, has provided for you not only the plan of salvation that he has freely given you, but also healing that he has freely given you. 
And so a lot of times it's easy for us to receive the fact that God has saved us. Yes, I can receive that, but we should have the same faith to be able to receive our healing from God because God redeemed us, he purchased it for us, he made a way for us to receive healing, not by, based on our own works, but based on his loving kindness and tender mercy. And it goes on and says, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. See, God wants to renew your youth. He wants you to be renewed in your physical body so that you can continue to fulfill the plans and the purposes of God for your life. And so one of the greatest things we need to do in order for us to receive our healing is to get the revelation that God wants us healed. Go with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said, but who do you say that I am? Now this is what's very, very important. Who do you say Jesus is? See, who Jesus is to you is the same manifestation that you can walk in who he is to you. You know, I, I'll never forget when, you know, uh, I met Vicki. And uh, man, I mean, I mean, I fell hard for her. I fell a lot harder for her than she really realized. She still today doesn't know how hard I fell for her. But nevertheless, I fell hard for her, you know, and I knew I was going to marry her, you know, but I wanted everybody to know this is my girl. I could hardly wait to introduce her to my mom and dad, my brothers, my sisters, all my friends. This is my girl, you know. And so anyway, don't play the song My Girl right now. It's okay, all right? <laughs> But nevertheless, you know, you know, I, I knew, but because I knew and I married her, you know, I went around, this is, this is what, you know, God gave me, you know. I was so proud, you know, and I have this relationship with her. And people say, well, that, that makes sense. Well, when you have a revelation of who God is, everybody else knows that you have that revelation, Amen. that you have that relationship too. And so he said, who do you say that I am? So Simon Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter on this rock. I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So we know that Peter got this revelation. Jesus said, you know what? God gave you that revelation. This wasn't taught to Peter, but Peter caught it. Some things can be taught, but we have to catch it. It has to personally become a, 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 a part of who we are. This is who I am. I am the husband of Vicki Luther. This is who I am, and the world knows that. But this is who I am. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of the living God. I'm taking hold of what God has given me. I've got this revelation. And so he said to Peter, he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. What is the rock he's building this church on? Your revelation knowledge. 
and the gates of hell will not prevail. Let's say it again. The gates of hell will not prevail. One more time. The gates of hell will not prevail. All right? So hold your finger there and go with me to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And we'll come back to Matthew chapter 16. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Now, I'm not going to take all the time to read uh, before and after, okay, to, to, to lay a foundation down because I just want to get to this one point here, and that is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So let's establish something here. Jesus healed all those who were oppressed by what? The devil. Now, let me just explain something to you. If you're sick, it does not mean you're possessed by a devil, okay? Oppressed means that there is something in the atmosphere pushing against you. Possessed means there's something in you controlling you, okay? So the devil is the author of sickness and disease. We need to understand that. So Jesus didn't just come and heal this person who was oppressed of the devil. Yes, he did that. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, Amen. to destroy the works of oppression, okay? He came to destroy the works of the devil. First John 3, 8 said, For this reason was the Son of God manifested that he would destroy the works of the devil. So we can see right here that Jesus went about healing all those who were oppressed of who? The devil. So all sickness and disease was authored and brought into this world as a result of the devil being the God of this world. That's what the Bible says. Satan's the God of this world. So he, had, he has that ability. God doesn't make anyone sick. That's not in God's ability to make you sick. He doesn't make it well. Some, well, you know, God did this to teach me a lesson. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not doubting that you learned something from this, or maybe because sickness that you had to, you know, take a few days off, and as a result, you prayed and you got some more revelation about God. I'm not going to doubt that, but I will oppose anybody who said God made you sick to teach you something. Amen. That's just not God. Okay, so now that we establish that sickness comes from the devil, and again, if you're ill, it doesn't mean you're possessed with the devil. Hello, somebody. Let me say it one more time. If you're ill or you're struggling with an illness or disease, it does not mean you're possessed with the devil. Okay, but let's go back to uh, Matthew chapter 16 and look at it one more time. Here in verse 18, and he said, and I say to, the, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is this rock? This rock is revelation knowledge. Knowing who you are and knowing who Christ is in you. In fact, in Romans chapter 11, I believe it says this, Romans 8, 11, excuse me, it says this. It says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead will quicken your mortal body. So you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says it like this, that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
All right, so you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your mortal body. So therefore, if we get this revelation, we have the ability to destroy the works of darkness. Or it says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against you. What is oppression? Oppression is something that is prevailing against you. In fact, when you get the revelation knowledge of who God really created you to be, the gates of hell will not prevail against you, but you'll begin to prevail against the gates of hell. You say, is that biblical? Absolutely it's biblical. The Bible says that you are a light, and light always drives out darkness, that you are a salt. In other words, salt is designed to preserve this world. You are a powerhouse of God, created by God to do the work of God, and also to defeat the works of darkness. That's why the Bible says you are more than overcomers in this life. Glory to God. And so we have to get this revelation, and like I said, it can be taught, we can hear it, but how has it become a part of us? It becomes a part of us, first of all, by looking at the Word of God and saying, if this is what God says, I'm going to believe it, but then I'm going to receive it. How do I receive it? Well, for me, I receive it by declaring it over and over and over again. I'll never be sick another day in my life. For those who know me a little closer than others, if you hear me sneeze, you're going to hear something. After I sneeze, I sneeze, I go, thank you, Jesus, for such a healthy sneeze. And if you're not around, I'll, I'll go on, go further now. I'll go, I declare I'm healed. Though a thousand fall on my side and 10,000 fall on my hand, uh, uh, 10,000 fall on my side, anyway. Thousand of followed my side and ten thousand in my right hand. None of these things shall come upon me. I de- begin to declare. I'll, and, 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 I'll, and sometimes I'll say when no one is around, you know, because I have this whole line of confession, you know, I'll never be sick another day in my life. I'm, you know, I believe I'm catching a healing glory to God. I, I begin to tell myself who I'm going to be, not let a sneeze or the threat of COVID or anything else that's out there determine my future of whether I'm going to be healed and walk in divine health or not. I tell it. And the more I speak it, the more it becomes a part of who I am. Do you know how I became Tom Luther? I didn't determine I was going to be Tom Luther. My creators determined I was going to be Tom Luther. And what did I do? I believed them. And they began to call me Tom Luther, and I began to call myself Tom Luther, and you cannot convince me I'm not Tom Luther. You say, well, that's pretty simple. Same thing with the Word of God. You begin to speak what your Creator says about you, and you'll get that re- revelation, and then one day you'll be, nobody will ever be able to convince you you can't be what God says you can be. That's what revelation knowledge is. All right? Secondly, we say it like this. We've heard this. I've heard this. And uh, I had to really study it out even in a greater way. I've heard this. I've believed this all my life. But healing is the children's bread. Where do we get that from? We'll go one more chapter back, and that's Matthew chapter 15, starting with verse 21. Verse 21. 
Here in Matthew 15, starting with verse 21, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she worshipped him. She came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Okay, now this wasn't an insult because it was the culture of the day that, you know, the little children were referred to the children of Israel and the Gentiles were considered dogs. Not in a negative way, just in a, you know, uh, uh, a character way. I guess I could say it that way, even though I wouldn't want to be called a dog. But anyway, and uh, he said, it is not good to take the children's bread. What does she want? She wants healing for her daughter, doesn't she? She wants deliverance for her daughter. And so Jesus referred to this healing and to this deliverance as bread. And he says, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done as you desire. And her daughter was healed, healed. Now, I'm emphasizing this for a reason because she was healed. She was severely demon-possessed, but she was healed. So again, it tells me that the sickness or whatever was tormenting her through some type of physical ailment was healed. In other words, signifying that the sickness came from the devil. And she was healed uh, that very hour, all right? And so this is where we get healing is the children's bread. So when we begin to break down the Lord's Prayer and we pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Is there disease in heaven? Is there sorrow in heaven? We really believe You know, as we read the Word of God and and understand what goes on in heaven, that there is a great transformation, miraculous transformation that happens when we get to heaven. And I know that's a fact because I know that there will be no disagreements in heaven because there will be no elections in heaven. (laughs) Amen. Amen. You can't elect the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's already on his throne, glory to God. But also, you're just supernaturally translated into what God always wanted you to be. You know, Jesus said you'll be like the angels, you know. So we know there's no sickness, there's no disease. And so when we just look at that, then we know that Jesus taught us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that God wants us to walk in divine health here on earth. 
And then it goes on and says, give us this day our daily bread. So take healing daily. My bread is I'll never be sick another day in my life. My bread is that he sent his word and his word became flesh and by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. My daily bread is that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body. My daily bread is that this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And it belongs to God, and God has cleansed his temple. Glory to God. Amen? Amen? That's my daily bread, knowing that, you know, he wants me healed. And that's God's plan for our lives. So that's where we get healing is the children's bread. So number one, we need a revelation to know that we know God wants us healed. You don't have to be good enough to receive your healing. You need to re- learn to receive your healing the same way you have received your salvation. Number two, it's God's provision. If daily bread is provision, it's his provision for you to be healed. Number three, we need to also understand that you know sickness is not of God, but it's of the devil. So if sickness is not of God and of the devil, let's look at another scripture here in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, where Jesus said to his disciples, well, let's just back up a little bit. There's so much good information here. Luke 10, and we're going to start with verse 17. The 17 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to To us in your name. Where does sickness come from? The devil. All right? And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. That's pretty good in itself, isn't it? But he went on to say, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. But nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, but that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In other words, he's trying to say, hey, this is part of the plan of salvation. This is God's plan for your life. And I've given you all power over the power of the enemy, and by no means so anything harm you. And so if you need healing in your body, you need to rise up and you need to speak to whatever that is that is illegally trespassing and in the temple of the Holy Spirit and you, and you need to speak to it and say, you get out of my body now in Jesus' name. Amen. You are not allowed to manifest. Sickness and disease is not allowed to prosper in my body. But 3 John 2 says, Beloved, above all things, I wish you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotion. So the area that you cultivate the fact that God wants you healed, wants you to walk in divine health, is in the area of your soul. What you predominantly think about. What choices you make. Your will, I decided that I'll never be sick another day in my life. I decided that I'll never be sick 
another day in my life. One of the things that we want to hear from you this month is how God's healed you. We want some people to share some testimonies. But you know what? The Lord spoke to me and said there's going to be some miraculous healings that go on this month in this house. If you know somebody who's sick, encourage them to come out. I don't care if it's Thursday night, Sunday morning, because we're going to, I'm going to show you scripture here in just a moment, but we're going to pray for all those who need healing on a regular basis all this month. We're not going to give up. We're going to press in for everyone of everyone who needs healing in their body to receive complete healing. And I just want to say this, don't put up with anything. A couple years ago when the COVID thing hit and I had to do a video message for uh, the IFCB, uh, they, they asked me to do a teaching and, and the word of knowledge came for healing on that particular video. And I, I even said, look, you know, even if you need healing in your little finger, receive it right now. And the next meeting I had, there was a lady, I mean, she couldn't wait until I got done preaching. I, mean, I noticed her, she was sitting pretty close to the front, and as soon as I said amen and dismissed, and my part was over, she was right up to the front. She said, you remember saying that? I said, no, I don't remember saying that. She said, well, the truth is, I had surgery on this little finger, it's never been right, but it's okay, I can live with it. But when you said that, I thought, okay, I'm going to receive that, and God completely healed my little finger. Amen. amen. Is anything too hard for God? You know, there was a church that we preached in several times there in the Dallas area when we were associate ministers. And the first time I preached there, there was a lady who came forward who had cancer, full-fledged cancer, prayed for her, found out later on she was completely healed, went back several times. I'd ask her, validate, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Stayed healed after that. Is anything too hard for God? There is nothing too hard for God. So Jesus said, look, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and by no means shall anything harm you. Sounds like healing to me. He's given you authority over sickness and disease that are in this world. And so we see that Jesus wants us healed. He provided healing for us. It's God's will for us. So one, we need to get a revelation knowledge. Number two, we need to understand it's a provision that he has for us. And number three, he has empowered us to walk in divine health. He has empowered us and equipped us to walk in divine health. Here in Luke chapter 8, Verses 1 through 3, it says, Now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city, village, preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom, and the twelve were with him. And a certain woman who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magladin, out of whom had seven demons, and Joanna, the wife Chua's Herod stirred, and Suanna, and many other who provided for him their substance. Now, I just want you to look at something here again. Mary called Magdalene, or I mean back up, certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. So right there again, healed of what? There you go. Sickness is not of God. Sickness came because of the devil. 
So the word healed there means to cure, to heal, and to restore back to health. You know, Mary Magdalene, she gets such a bad rap, you know. And uh, boy, she had seven devils. She must have been just, you know, claws coming out, you know, cat whiskers or whatever, you know. And, uh, but yet right here, according to the word, it says that she had some infirmities and demons. And what were, we don't know. Maybe there was a spirit of, you know, some type of infirmity that was ailing her body, you know. And so, you know, we, we got to look at the word of God for what it really says right there. She was sick, and he somehow brought healing to her. Whether she, he cast it out, laid hands on her, she was healed. You know, it doesn't really matter how you get it. Just get it. Amen. And just because you may be sick does not mean you are demon-possessed. Let me say that again. Just because there's sickness in your body does not mean you are demon-possessed. So the fourth thing we need to understand is that you have authority. If you have authority over the devil, then you have authority over sickness. If you have authority over the devil, you have authority over sickness. And the last thing is that you are the temple of God. And I think about how Jesus went in and he removed the money changers, you know. In other words, he cleansed the temple. Well, I'm here to tell you that he's already cleansed your temple. Amen? He wants you whole. He wants you healed. Amen? And so this is just the beginning. I'm going to be sharing on healing scriptures the rest of the month, you know, just getting, helping us get that understanding that, you know what? God wants us healed. In fact, to the point where we go, um, I'm surprised that there's something wrong with me. You know, that we're kind of more alert at, you know, why, am, why is something trying to get on me? How dare you, sickness? You know, whenever we sneeze, you know, and, and we start feeling our sinuses kind of get irritable, we go, no, uh, 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 and we're going to go over this. But, you know, sinus problems are usually a result of inflammation in your sinuses. And the Bible says that he's redeemed us from the curse of inflammation. Woohoo! Glory to God. You know, so there's going to be some great things that are going on. You're going to get some great revelation, you know, this next month in the area of healing. And let me encourage you, if you need healing, you know, get prayed for every time until you, you receive it. It's okay. Even the months after this particular message, get prayed for. Hey, just agree with me, I'm healed. Just agree with me, I'm healed. Amen. Let's just keep on attacking that thing until it finally gets weary and just leaves you and you receive your complete healing. So I'm going to close with this, Mark chapter 16. And I just want you to begin to prepare yourself. If you need healing, we're going to lay hands on you. But this is why we do this. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly, it will uh, by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So part of receiving healing and part of praying for healing is by laying on hands. 
And so we're going to give you that opportunity this morning. If you need healing in your body, we're going to lay hands on you, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith, and we're going to agree with you. Now, just let me encourage you that when we lay hands on you, you may feel led to do something. We always encourage you, especially if there's some type of, you know, soreness or something like that going on in your body. Check it out right there. If your knee's sore and you came up to get your knee healed, just begin to check it out. And let us know because, you know what, when God begins to heal people and all of a sudden this person goes, hey, I came up with this and I'm walking away and there's no symptoms of it, that's going to encourage the next person because he's no respecter of a person. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.